I think that's something. <coughs> we got things moving, right? I don't know if I did. I just said it when you counted. <laughs> well. I'm sure you have little blue tick marks, right? Yeah. Yeah, then we're good. You're golden. You'll, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Kyle can move them to where they need to be. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's all you the fun here. of editing. You go here. I get to play God. You can scooch me really over boring. a little bit if I didn't yeah. do it at the right time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's no okay. problem. Okay, great. That's when you learn God is a shit job. Yeah. And Nobody it's really great. wants it. That's no why one wants to be. Who would want to be God? Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, well, Brett Michaels, I feel, would want to be God. <laughs> is that right? a wrestling? Wait, no, no that's Brett a lead singer of Poison. Yeah, lead well, singer of Poison. Oh. Pat- Oh God! Every race has a thorn. Yeah, he's he's a real trashy individual. Whoa! I love (laughs) the Rock of Love. Yes, yes. Now tell me you've seen Rock of Love. Yeah, no, he's a garbage person. He would like to be God for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most I've seen Poison Life celebs really they might want to be God. Wow. Most of them, you think? What about Regis Philbin? Is he still alive? I think so. Is he? But he's not doing the thing. No. Ageist. Very ageist. <laughs> if you're over 60, you're dead to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Who My own parents? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I only talk to the youths. The, the youths. youths. The yeah. youths. You keep, you keep up on that. I'm honestly not too upset by it. Like, yeah, I might have a point. <laughs> My parents are over 60. I don't want to talk to them. I get it. Oh, my God. I talk to mine every <laughs> single day now. Both of them? Just about my dad. All, yeah, almost every day. Maybe because of, you know, or as we say in the South, you know, the things that are going on. Of course. Yeah. I've We've that literally many times. never said the words coronavirus or COVID. But it's like, <laughs> well, you know, with everything and I keep catching myself doing it. I'll be like, uh-huh. oh, you know, with everything going on right now. Well, you know <laughs> how it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, with how things are. Uh huh. <laughs> But yeah, there you go. there's been a lot of they they call. My mom called me like three different times today. What what is That's the discussion when nobody can go anywhere? Right. She's working on a crafting project and she wanted my opinion. <laughs> and I was like in a bathrobe watching Real Housewives in New Jersey and I was like, "Ma, I don't care. <laughs> Just leave me alone." Lovely, it's really riveting lovely. stuff. Unemployment is awesome. <laughs> it can be. I've I rode that train for a little bit. It's it's a thing. Uh, it's a thing. I'm I'm in it. I'm living it. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. I, I'm adapting. So I all all co-hosts have been in unemployment. I did not enjoy it. You I didn't? was ready to be done with it right away. I I sadly tie a lot of my identity to my work ethic. Right. So it no, really bummed me out. I didn't yeah. It's I, I can relate to that heavily. Is that mm-hmm. so much of my or everybody's like, oh, well, you're so introverted and you love your alone time. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because I'm at work for eight or nine hours a day and my job is highly social and mm-hmm. uh, very active and I'm in front of people. And so then that's why I would need to like come home and not talk to people and be around people. But now I don't have that chunk of my day, like half of my day when I'm awake uh, and mm-hmm. around people has been taken away. So I was like, it's a lot of just like trying to keep myself busy and just uh. like just keeping myself busy all day and just like becoming like the middle-aged woman I've been trying to deny that I am turning <laughs> into. It's like, I like, I garden, I do God, gardening now. And like, it's such a losing battle. I mean, 
Uh, yeah. I'm literally, I'm one of those guys now that like I wake up and I'm like, ah, that kind of hurts. And all I did was sleep. Oh my God, I <laughs> sleep so painfully now. What? <laughs> I'm, yeah, you wake up and you're now. just sore yeah. because hey, you sleep. The day that it starts poorly. hurting, it never stops hurting. I know, it right? It just hurts forever. It's just there. The pain. Hey, spoiler alert, the pain never ends. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. a very nihilistic uh, life motto. I love it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You get used to it. In case you guys We're haven't figured it. it out yet, the uh, these, these witty, witty wisecracks are coming from our special guest, uh, the great and wonderful Bailey. No, oh, I from... didn't even realize what's happening. Yeah, we're, we're, I, that's how I do these things. We just roll into This them. is how it started now. Oh, I Jesus. was just like, guerrilla tactics, like, yeah. surprise, we're recording. Wow, it's real okay. indie film, like, we just rolled into this Domino's and shot a scene, and everybody was like, yeah. what's going on? What just happened? It's, yeah. uh, it's podcast <laughs> Sign his release form and shut up. <laughs> podcast verite, I like that. That's oh, what I like that, yeah, that was yeah. good. We're real avant-garde here. here. Here's two dick jokes. I, man... I should have had dick jokes. Now I don't have any. and that we, We're just setup. getting started. I feel like there's going to be plenty. I'm sure there yeah. will be. There's um, plenty of time. <laughs> Bailey, we have you on the show because uh, I don't think I've ever experienced someone's enthusiasm enthusiasm di- digitally like so hard for a movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was As just you like... Did- you you love this movie, and so I was hitting up that chat yeah. so hard, and I felt so obnoxious because I was just like every scene, I was like, ha 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 ha, this line's so great. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I don't I don't use my laptop very often, and the keyboard on it, it's like an Asus laptop. It's kind of like shifted, and I had been drinking, so like I was trying to type <laughs> these witty like messages for every scene, and I was just like coming out as jorbled mess because I couldn't type on my laptop. You're also trying to, like, speedily get them out before the scene hit. Gotta make this joke before the next scene, yeah. Because yeah. the movie yeah. is very, that it's very fast-paced, so it's hard to keep up, but... But no, you you love this movie, Can't Hardly Wait, and... I really do. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to get even more in-depth in it. Um, but one thing about this movie, this movie came out in 1998, and for some reason... The entire time I was watching it, all I was thinking about how in 1998, uh, do you remember like the first cell phones? They would have these commercials for like the the sticker foil you could put on the battery to increase your antenna. Do either uh, of you guys remember this? Vaguely. Uh, vaguely, yeah. Yeah. I remember the, I thought you were going to say the little like... Before you could do, like, now it's like, oh, you do a background on your phone, but I had, like, the Nokia brick phone where it was, like, you get the case that's, like, a plastic shell that you lock sure. onto the front yeah. of your brick phone. And I was like, oh, I have a purple one, because I'm sassy. But no, <laughs> I don't I don't remember the battery thing, no. Damn, I, I thought for sure. Man, I'm just, I'm that ingrained into this fake, it was, it was really just snake oil. It was garbage. It was, like, a clear sticker with this weird design and foil on it, and you put it under the battery... And they said it gave you uh, increased antenna signal. Um, I don't know why. I just thought of scam things was from it, the 90s. Yeah, was it a real... I mean, did it? was it a thing? Like, did you get it from... Like, it was like one of those TV orders. Like, it would play a commercial. Okay, one. I didn't know. I was like, did you get it at the Verizon store? Or was it no. like, call 1-800 sticker yes. battery? It was one guy. of those. Uh, okay. Man, I thought for sure one of you had seen that. That was a great setup that is going nowhere now. I know. Great oh. opening question, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah. I want to know Rockin'. how uh, snake oil sticker batteries relate to Can't Hardly Wait. All right, because... Because it was the 90s. <laughs> yes, this movie is, that, is one of those, like... Your 90s experience is sticker batteries. 
Well, I don't. I mean, just something granted, about the 90s this movie. Suck, but no. Whoa. Okay. Well, here we go. Now we're gonna get Wait, repeated. All right. Uh, I, because this is what I love about this movie, and this is what I—it's like <laughs> it's a time capsule this, movie. It's like, I love, it I really do love the '90s, and we can get into this later. I think with some things we're going to talk about, I get that there's a lot of stuff that is very problematic. But sure. I just love yeah, the '90s, sure. and I feel like yeah, like you just said, it's such a time capsule for the '90s, and it's so over the top, and I just think it's so. Like everything in it is, it's weird because it's it's almost like it was the generic ripoff of a '90s movie. But I think it it's still trying and doing at least something with it. But I feel like everything after it sort of parodied this, and that she's one. all that, and yeah. it's yeah. sort of that's what's put out in the zeitgeist, and that's why this feels so like you've seen it, even if you haven't. But it was the first one that's- to kind of do that. Brilliant. Right? I feel like that it was... Well, you're you're both saying... No, no, no. You're both saying exactly, I think, the right thing for this movie, which is uh, Can't Hardly Wait and She's All That have been parodied so much. It's like Lethal Weapon. Like, those jokes and zingers you hear that have been parodied so much, like, it started here because it was very, very different. And this is almost why I don't consider it a 90s movie because this was at the tail end of the 90s. And for me, I thought it was doing something very, very different and very, very, very smart. And and there might be some problematic stuff, but like that still doesn't change the kind of way they frame the narrative. And there's problematic stuff because it will get into that. But I think there's like a lot of very progressive ideas in this movie and like a lot of forward thinking stuff, too. Uh, right. There is the whole incel like kind of thing inserted into this <laughs> you before incel became ins- a yeah. thing. Like, were you the one that, that made that? that ins- yeah, you made an incel joke when we were watching it. She and that literally goes through the incel parade when she like gets that letter <laughs> and goes down to the pool, and he's the final one. And it's just she's been through so much shit from these men. And it's like, wow, that is that is so ahead of the times. But yet, there's also some problematic stuff. So it, I don't know. It feels like it's 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 loosely tied to the '90s, but also doing something very unique and and different too, which I always loved about this movie. It felt very very progressive and just unique and different, which is why maybe it was parodied so much afterwards. I yeah. think so, and the fact that it was so successful. But what, kind of- was it successful? Was it like a big? I honestly don't know. Was it a big box office hit? Did it do well? Because I found about I found I did not see this in theaters. I found out about this much later on DVD. I think most of us did. Uh, I don't know how well it did. I know it became a huge cult hit. Of course, like most things, once they hit the DVD and syndicated TV market. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I think it only has like a forty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that really <laughs> oh, matters for shit, which was pretty savage. Low. I thought I thought it was going to be higher than that. I really did. I would, I would have thought like sixties, seventies, sixties or seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think rough. I could be. I, I looked it up earlier. I was doing some R R and D earlier, and uh, <laughs> I think that's what I found out. Um. So that kind of I don't know that kind of leads me into my maybe my first question for both of you guys. Can you remember your first exposure to Can't Hardly Wait, Bailey? Um, this one was actually probably the hardest question I knew you were going to ask, because I really can't specifically remember. Mm -hmm. I don't 
Because it was 98, right? So I I think I was a freshman in high school. I just started high school. Yeah. So I would have been like, yeah, 12, 13-ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I was like, and my parents were very overprotective. So I probably did not go see in theaters. I'm assuming, and I feel like I have a memory of watching this, like once it came out and you could rent it and I would watch it at my best friend's house, at friend's house, like sleepovers. This would be the movie that we, we would rent, like over and over again sure, we would have sure. sleepovers and we would it wouldn't just be a one time like we want to watch it we would watch it repeatedly because we loved it so much so i think this was one of the like rental sleepover movies but i don't i don't think i saw it in theaters though okay ryan what about you buddy <clears throat> uh i think this is one maybe a friend recommended to us uh when i was this is probably about college era maybe freshman year and we'd take turns, like, recommending movies to each other, and somebody recommended Can't Hardly Wait, and it just really clicked with me right away. I was into it, and then by that point, like, it had been out in theaters. It was, I think I I watched this with all all of our friends, and then went to Walmart, and it was already in the $5 bin, which I guess <laughs> tells you how cult and quickly it passed through whatever, but, like... <laughs> so sad. I, it was like the easiest five dollars I ever spent. I'm like, fuck yeah, of course. Uh, I I don't know. I, it it was just I guess the right place, right time, and it felt like mm, kind of how Dazed and Confused felt for like growing up as a kid in the '70s. This really hit me for like growing up in like the the '90s, late '90s, 2000s. It, it really spoke to me and like my experiences and how I kind of viewed everybody else around me. It, they they easily broke into these people that you see in the, the, the movie. And I don't know, there's there's something here. There's something I, here that's more than just the other teen comedies. I, I'm actually really glad you said Dazed and Confused, because for me, in my mind, because Dazed and Confused is so, like, canonical in film. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this movie is as good as that movie. I'm not saying that, but I feel like there is a relation to the way this movie stands with a, a certain generation, and I feel like this is sort of like the '90s dazed and confused. And that was a thought that I had when I was thinking about it earlier. So I'm nice. really glad that you said dazed and confused because that had crossed my mind as well. Yeah, it feels similar. Feel there's something yeah. similar to this movie mm-hmm. where it's just like it's all in one night and it's all one party and it's just the different, you know, stereotypes and whatever, but it was, I don't know. I agree with that. So the, the <laughs> slice of life time. Capsule. Yeah. It's that's yeah. It, it. Exactly. It's, and it's, it feels authentic. Like mm-hmm. nobody Which is over the top. Is, yeah. But yeah, but for me, it's weird though, because like, and I think I said this when we were watching it and <clears throat> the group chat was, I was just like, did anybody actually ever go, to a party like this, <laughs> like, I've, I've never I feel been like we're to like, yeah, this is so like, relatable. But I'm like, yeah. this is not, this is not. But I think we would watch it in like middle school at sleepovers and be like, this is what it's like. But we never. <laughs> that was the dream. That was the dream. We were yeah. just like fucking playing with our caboodles and like <laughs> playing Ouija board and watching that and being like, this is what it's going to be like when we we're in high school. But it wasn't. But it's still as an adult is still relatable, even though yeah. I never went to a party like that. I don't think parties like that existed. So Every party I went to was at, like, real dirty houses and were not as lit as any party I've ever seen in any of these movies. 
Yeah, that's what I'm like, where did this come from? Did this, yeah. like, was, like, the chicken or the egg kind of a situation where it's, like, did parties like this happen and they made movies or did they make movies like this and then people were like, wait, we gotta have crazy parties. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, study somebody should do. I have no idea what, what came I'll first. I'll start the... going to high school parties. I'll let okay. you guys know. <laughs> yeah. We'll do some, some recon. <laughs> you do that I'll because if in. Ryan or I go to high school parties, it's way creepier. Which was also, yeah. wait, that was a movie. What was the movie where Drew Barrymore like went undercover? That's never, never been, been kissed. kissed. Never been kissed. I'll never been kissed this situation. <laughs> It'll turn out like in Always Sunny when D bangs the underage high school kid and gets oh, threatened fine, with like statutory rape. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. I was just doing research. It's just, hey, it's part of the job. It's part of the job. You, Kyle you got- told me to do it. <laughs> Occupational hazard. Yeah. <laughs> Just- Unemployment podcaster, I gotta <laughs> go to a high school party. <laughs> it's gotta happen. Uh, um, I think I came across this movie. I, for some reason, was bored one day and I stumbled across 10 Things I Hate About You in like 2000. And That's my I favorite. fucking loved that movie. That's my number one. I think it's That's mine the- too. But it inspired me to like go back and tear through a bunch of these like teen dramedies that I'd kind of written off before. So I went through this and other ones. You say that I dramedies, but let's let's put the word to it, Kyle. Rom coms. Because this they is are. a rom com. I this don't know if you noticed. Rom-com. I don't know if you noticed, I selected a rom com this week for one of my movies in honor of you. I actually did not notice because yeah. I don't even know what movies you selected. I'm so sorry, oh. I'm a shitty co host. <laughs> Okay, one of them is failure to launch. Oh no! no. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because it was, was a Netflix fucking rom com, and, and it looked like it would be fun to just rip apart with a group of people. I tried That's to. Fair. I tried That's to nominate fair. a movie on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. I think I tagged you in it. Either that, or I tagged some random Kyle Collins <laughs> that I'm not. I don't with. know. I don't remember this. What one? Oh well. Whoops. Sorry. Other Kyle Collins in the. <laughs> universe of social networking um they just added valley girl to stream oh you did for the you first did tag time me ever. in that so i i nominate valley girl sorry this is a tangent but i think no that if we're gonna it's good is that natasha leon no uh no that is some woman that i can't remember her name but it's nicholas cage's like first movie ever mm-hmm. in the 80s uh and he plays like a punk rocker and he falls in love that him and the valley girl like girl fall in love it's it amazing just breakout this, thing oh yeah. my god he's i can't believe that i'm saying this this is being recorded this is gonna but he's so oh hot god, in this it. movie <gasps> so hot it's young nick cage it's very oh. young punk, and punk oh. rock nick yeah. cage and then the chick is hot and then it's like it's so good so Valley that's girl. one of that's a and that's like a mid mid eighties like an, it's an eighties B team movie like it's not one of the big popular like john hughes movies it kind of yeah flew under the radar but it's what and the soundtrack is insane so anyway, I, I nominate not valley familiar girl. with valley girl that is my vote it's probably but, not in you your know, poll or you can watch failure to launch i'm whatever. gonna write it in <laughs> <laughs> it's not my show all right it's, just take nom- nominate valley girl next week i totally did get that just, that was me i was the correct kyle can we just have a spinoff of the spinoff where we only talk about rom-coms and teen movies? This, I'll be... Dude, this is the show you need to I do with Ryan. You, Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> as I say, dude, as I say, dude, I am, yeah. I am yeah. horrible. I'm a horrible person. Dude. But dude, I want to do rom-coms. I'll take dude. Yes. I'll take dude. Kyle unfairly 
I think, uh, labels rom-coms as one field and does not recognize the brilliance of the good ones that stick out. Like, about time. Like, they're fucking good rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. They're when so Harry, good I ones. think, yeah, When Harry Met Sally is one of the greatest movies ever filmed. Perfect. A perfect, it's a perfect movie. movie. It's oh a my perfect god, movie. those interviews with the old people make my heart hurt. They are so adorable I think we need to just, sweet. like, get the chat screen and just, like, scoot Kyle out. <laughs> get out of here. Anyway. <laughs> this is the wrong... So, uh, I mean... Okay, I'm sorry. We went on major tangent. No, and that's... I think that's great, because, number one, I feel... The chastising me for rom-coms is fair. Uh... <laughs> I feel very strongly about this. I, and a lot of people do. Here's my thing. My mm-hmm. only exposure to them have not been enjoyable times. And I don't think yeah, they've been great Ghost movies. Yeah, you Girlfriend's Past. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the other Matthew McConaughey bad one. Uh, um, Failure to Launch. Is yeah, and it? there's also... Yes, that one? That Wait, there was another one that he did too, right? I don't... How to Lose a Guy in the, 10 yeah. Days, 10 right? Days. Is I that saw also that him? in theaters. It is. Is that the huh, same you've chick You've seen too? all the bad... It's Kate Hudson. It's uh-huh. always Kate Hudson. Yeah. Is she it's in always both? Kate Hudson. I believe she is in both. I believe she is. It's not both I'm, of them in both. I might be wrong. I just I feel like Kate Hudson was like the rom-com girl. Oh, no. It's it's Sarah Jessica Parker in Failure to Launch. Oh, I do uh, love I do love SJP. Bailey's back on board. Anyways, four tequilas deep, but this entire tangent is based on and what we've been talking about with Bailey enjoying this movie so much. We started this weird thing where we have a movie night every Saturday, and dang it, we let you vote on four of them that we still pick. We have total control, of course. Yeah, but we give you the illusion of choice. By letting you pick from four movies, we've already oh, like pre-selected. a democracy. Yeah, right. That's how it works. You gotta have the power of veto. We're just like, yeah, thanks for the suggestion. Bye. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, that's why I'm trying to mix it up. I'm trying to give a little bit of everything. I got a crappy rom crom. Uh, rom crom. Rom crom. I'm I'm a couple tequilas deep myself here. So. <laughs> I know. I just finished mine. I'm like, where's Drew? Hey. <laughs> Drew, make another drink. Um, you said soundtrack like five minutes ago. Let's come back to that. <laughs> How about that soundtrack, though? I I, I appreciate the, <laughs> the duster. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I that was one of my notes. Actually, the soundtrack to me is one of the things that makes the movie the best. Makes it so '90s, right? Again, it- it's a fucking time capsule. It is time capsule though, but it's like it. But it's um, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. I think we're all kind of in the same age bracket, give or take. But where I thought I was, I went through a phase where it was very uncool to listen to the music I listened to when I was younger, Snorting, and then I got a little bit older, and now I feel like I just listen to the same music again. And like so, to listen to a soundtrack like, like the one from Can't Hardly, I'm like these songs are all bangers, and I'm not ashamed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Where I'm just oh, like, sorry. I don't care. I don't know. I just think the soundtrack is perfect. And I get hyped like every scene. <laughs> we've got, is, uh, we've not really like, got an E6, Third Eye Blind, for the time Blink. we got Missy. When it hit me at that we got time, Missy. There's a Tone Logue. Actually, Tone this Logue, is one of the things yeah. I've, uh, Tone Logue. Uh, there's a Parliament song, I think. Yep. One of the, all the scenes not where they just show people dancing uh, with the Missy Parliament. Um, is there is there Buster Rhymes? Am I making that? There up? is a Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Is that a Buster Rhymes song? Yeah. Um, hey, so Murph's in here now. I just yeah, and the, but it's us. It's not also just that the songs are good. Uh, 
It's that they're used well. And I think that's a thing that happens in movies is that they might use songs that are good, but they don't use them in the right time. It just doesn't doesn't work. Every single song, the second it starts, it fits the scene so well and it gets you so like wrapped up in what's happening in the movie. Like you kind of feel like you're at the party. Like if I was at a party and this song came on, I'd be like, oh, shit. I don't know. (laughs) I just like it just works. Yeah, it, it's not that it's just a 90s song in this 90s movie. Like, they, they sort of fit the tone and match the energy a lot. Like, really it matches enough, the energy of the scene, so it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm watching it in 2020, and I'm in my fucking 30s, and I'm still just like, like I don't know. Sm- it just sits. Smash Mouth comes in as, like, we're getting a slow pan up, and, like, the song is also a slow buildup, and it's working so perfectly I've in this movie. I've never loved a Smash Mouth song so much in my life than in this fucking movie <laughs> that I'll be like, I kind of fucking like Smash Mouth right now. Ryan's shaking his head. That's I like the one example you picked that I do not agree with. Really? The, the you could pick literally any other song. Smash Mouth is the one that popped up, and I was like... Yeah, this could have stayed in the nineties, but, but it works. Well, but it works well in the scene. And, it, it is a good time capsule for sure. Exactly. But it, and it's again, not one where I'm like, as as you said, Bailey. Like, oh man, I'm digging Smash Mouth now. I'm like, oh man. But this I is feel Smash that Mouth. I feel that way honestly, and I like take away my white card a little bit. But like, I feel that way about Third Eye Blind, and Third Eye Blind is like every I, Third Eye Blind and Eve Six are every other song on the soundtrack, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh fuck. But when I'm because I don't like really want to love those bands, but in this movie, I'm like, it works. They work. Yeah. And I will I, say that I one of the best. I secretly love Eve Six. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. It, but I think one of the best ones is when, um, I think it's when Amanda Beckett first walks in and it kind of slows down. It's that Sneaker Pimps uh, Six Underground song yep, plays yep. and it like rolls up on her. I'm just like, ooh, that's just like, that's good. That was good. Whoever did that, it that works for me. I think that's even great. It worked mm-hmm. even with mm-hmm. the hair. We I was going to talk about the hair. That is, you uh-huh. know, for me, I don't know if you put <laughs> no. That I have was a such note. a pointed segue. <laughs> I thought that the hair would come later. Um, uh, I mean, we're just joking around. We're, about the yeah, music. We're not but... hair deep yet, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> because I uh, also want to make a note. We'll circle of, back to the hair. We'll t- circle. Let's put an asterisk because we're going to talk about her fucking hair. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, if one thing I popped happen. off in chat was the hair, but uh, also the what was the Blink-182 song at the end of the movie when the like, party gets raided? Uh, was yeah. it, is it Damn It? Is the yeah, song? it's Damn It. So good. Yeah. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, it works so good. It encapsulates that riotous youth, the resistance to authority, that corporate Blink. That's when before they were corporate, though. So That was a great album. Yeah. That made me, actually, when we were watching it the other night, I was like, man, I kind of want to listen to this. I haven't listened to this Blink-182 album in like, Fucking 20 years. <laughs> and I was like, I want to listen to this again. I, I think it still holds up. That's holds, the cow butt album? Dude Ranch. There's right? a cow. Damn it's on the cow butt. Is that Dude it, Ranch? Yeah. I think that's okay. Dude Ranch, right? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm asking. I, I, I like Blink-182. I'm not the biggest fan, but I... Do that was remember um, listening to Dude Ranch of, a lot yeah. and Enema and Enema. Enema, the scene, yeah. Those um, those are some of the mini CDs that I had to hide from my parents. Oh man, see so my I cousin. Was a, I was a my CD cousin hider. could get them, but they they were the edited ones. So what she would do mm. is she would take her CD case that said edited, 
And she would go to my other cousin's house and steal his good CDs and swap them. Swap them. Yeah, because oh. he never listened to them. And she'd take all his rap CDs that were unedited and keep them in her edited. Oh, she was smart. See, was- there was a point with like parental advisory CDs where, and they realized it pretty quickly, is that it was actually a sticker. Yeah. There was actually, and you could just. Peel it off. Peel that fucking sticker off. But then they started printing the parental yeah. advisory, like, on the booklet, on the CD art. Um, so mm-hmm, I had a mm-hmm. really tall bookshelf in my bedroom, and I had, like, stuffed animals on the top. And, but Cutesy I put stuff. all my, like, real cute. I'm yeah, so cute. Yeah. And then I, but I put all my fucking Blink-182 and corn CDs, like, under my <laughs> stuffed animals. Hide this for me, Blinky. Don't tell mom. That's the worst thing I ever did. So whatever. <laughs> That's the worst thing was hide. That's the worst thing I ever did. Hide graphic. I'm music not gonna tell you the worst thing I ever did then. <laughs> it's the worst thing I ever did. I sang it, I was being recorded. <laughs> 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 this is a fact. Don't perjure me. Um shit, man. I got so many questions here. I don't I don't yeah. want to deprive Bailey of all the notes that you've taken. Do you have, do you have I, some My more? notes are me, literally, I was sitting in a bathroom on my couch <laughs> watching Real Housewives of New Jersey going like, oh, I should probably write some shit down really oh. quick. I, mine are like the same four questions I ask every show, but I, yeah, no, I changed I mean, that was Mine was making sure I knew a response to it in case I got too drunk. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some of these individual characters. I want to know who your guys' favorite character was in this movie. If you have a favorite, you can also have multiple favorites. That is allowed. So, with that being said, Ryan, I want to start with you. Of course you do. Mm -hmm. I honestly, uh, I don't know. Oh, this is really bad. It's Peter Fasanelli. That's Mike Dexter. I don't know. Is that the... that's the bully. The bully? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know character names. I will lay down actors' names all day. Uh, Peter Fosnelli. That's what half of my notes were. We're just making sure that I didn't like sound like an asshole when I was talking about people. Good. I was like, write down their actual Good. names. Yeah. I think he has a really, really interesting arc. And I love everything he does up until the very end where he does the pig nose at the nerd. And then it gives him like the worst ending in the fucking world. And I think that's really kind of mean-spirited. But I think... That whole arc of, like, the bully kind of realizing, like, and, and again, this is one of the things that did not age well and should have stayed in the 90s, but, like, it's also a time capsule to the 90s is, like, the heavy use of, like, the F word for, like, the homosexual slur. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I yeah. love that he gets called that and he walks away and he's just like, why they call me a F word? And, like... It's this, it's this really sad, somber moment where he has, like, introspection. And then you see, like, the, the events where the nerds accomplish their plan, get him in jail. But then he he does, like, the good guy thing. He has growth. He does. But then, like, when he shows up again, he, it back to, like, bully, nerd, no, you can't sit with us, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of, I think, maybe spoils that. But up until then, I think that is maybe the best character arc in the movie. And it, it was very, I don't know, radical for what teen comedies did back then. Like, the bully's the bully, and you're going to win, and you're going to beat the bully. And that's the end of the movie. Like, that's Revenge of the Nerds. That is literally, like, every fucking teen movie. And that they gave this character some humanity, like, I've always loved. 
And I always, like, clung on to that. But if I'm going, like, favorite character that I see myself in, it's Death Green. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. There you go. <laughs> Bailey, that's what about great. you? What about you? Um, that's actually really funny, and I'm really glad that you made all those points, because I do love that character as well. But uh, for your little uh switcheroo my favorite character is actually william lichter the nerd <laughs> which yeah. is the victim i thought about it for a really long time and i'm glad that you said a second ago that like <clears throat> oh you can have multiple characters because i do love there's so many characters to love whether it's main cast characters or just like they're random and that's like half of my notes or just like trying to remember all the little side people mm-hmm. that are in the background and i love Honestly, I love so many of the little people they show little blips of, and that's one of the things I love the, about the movie so much is just the little like snippets of other things happening. Is I just I think that's what makes this movie work. But if you're going to talk like main character sequence, I love their nerd character. I love William Lichter. Every time I think about like favorite scenes and favorite moments and favorite lines, like it always tends to lean towards him. You were quoting him a lot in the chat. I just I think that every I just. I love him. I think he's amazing. Um, I think it's really glad that you made the point that you did, Ryan, about, yeah, uh, Mike Dexter having, I don't know, my computer just beeped. This isn't my computer. <laughs> um, uh, Drew's computer just beeped at me. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And now I'd have to look at my notes. This is where I need my notes. I just, he, um, this kind of goes more into, like, favorite scene kind of talk. But, uh, like, when he was talking about, he goes like this whole monologue at the beginning when he's talking about getting revenge on Mike Dexter. And uh, there's this thing where he's just like, his mom was going to go take him to see the movie. And he's like, I saw no third dimension. And he's like all sad. And I just think that's like one of the funniest things. <laughs> um, and uh, when he's at the party and he drinks the beer and he's trying to fit in and be cool. And he's like, nobody drink the beer. The it's beer gone is gone bad. Uh-huh. And I know it's like used in the trailer and it's like overquoted, but I just like, that guy, I don't know, whoever, I don't know the actor's name, I should have written that down, but I think he's amazing. So all of my favorite scenes, like, tend to go back to him being involved. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about that some more, but... He's the uh, kid from Hook, I know that. He's the kid from Hook, which is also, like, one of my favorite movies growing up. That's the little kid from Hook. Yeah. Run home, Jack. Uh-huh. That's Jack. Well, I just learned something. That's yeah. Jack Bannon. I didn't know yeah. it. Somebody else said it in the chat during the movie, and I was like, holy fuck, that's what this guy's from. And apparently now he doesn't act. He's like a lawyer or something. Like he isn't in the film industry. So that was another thing that I was looking up because so many in- people in this movie like are actually big time actors and actresses now. Yeah. And he like doesn't. I think this might be one of the last things he did. So um, I just love him. I love his journey. Um, the thing about him, though, is like so he comes around it's sad because he wants to be friends with Mike Dexter at the end. And he thinks like we made this connection and he defended me. And that's the end of the movie. And they go to the diner and he tries to like hang out with them and gets deflected again. But I, I think it's, it's, it's the real life disappointment that, but he ends up, if you follow the like in credits where they do the little yeah. year, but or like the little, where are they now? Kind of the typical teen movie end. thing. Yeah. 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 And he ends up like, Killing yeah. it. Which they kind of, there's some foreshadowing in the movie because he becomes this like hot shit at the party. I think one of the greatest scenes is the, one of the greatest scenes to me is the Paradise City. Yeah. Yeah. Scene, I think is hilarious. And I love that song. And I'll always think of, honestly, I'll think of this movie when I hear that song. And really, honestly, not like Guns and, R- Guns and Roses because I just think of this movie and the guy like, 
do that guy with a bandana on, like playing airbase. Oh, that dude that we decided was a uh, he wants he's like diet Adam De, uh, De, demand De, Devine. De, 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 yeah, Devine. Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of workaholics, and he's Demamp in the show. And I literally was watching <laughs> workaholics before we started recording. So, but yes, Adam Devine. He's like that. that guy, but you mentioned he doesn't have any of that charisma, which I totally agree with. It's weird. Yeah. Because they tried to put this guy in a lot of things. of Adam Devine, but he also kind of looks like Jim Gaffigan. He's got that yeah. blonde hair. Yeah, he looks more like Jim Gaffigan to me. I was like, y'all talking about Adam Devine. I'm like, are you talking it's, about the It's same? the manic face. It's like the, oh, we're going to yeah, party. Yeah, okay. That's what's so funny, gonna, like, though. Yeah. And he also, like everybody else in the movie, which is another thing we haven't addressed, is that everybody looks like they're 40 years old, yes. which is a teen movie trope, which I yeah. think has existed since I think predates to probably the movie Grease, where all of the teenagers in the high school movie are obviously in their f- they're actually probably in their 30s, maybe 20s or 30s. I don't know. People just didn't age well at certain points in life because there was a lot of cigarette look- smoking back then. Yeah, they look really bad. But yeah, they're obviously all that's the funny thing about teen movies now is like they just look so old. Yeah. But that guy, the Jim Gaffigan guy, I'm just like, why is he? Did somebody get him out of that party? This is a high school party. And maybe that's why he doesn't work, because it already feels, like, creepy that he's there. Like, and he's on stage, yeah. 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 Maybe. maybe. That's, that's, that is yeah. interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, William Lichter is one of my favorites. I have a lot of side characters I love, but he's, like, my main character. That Who I are some of yours? I got one Good side choice. character I'll list real quick, and that's Turkington as the drummer in the band. Okay. That was... Yeah, so for me, it's not so much like side characters, but like subplots and the whole Love Burger subplot of this movie is yes. one of my favorite things like in rom-com teen movie history is mm-hmm. the breaking up and the reuniting of the- Love Burger <sighs> as a subplot in the background of this movie I think is absolutely brilliant and I love that. And I love Turkleton, I love Brecken Meyer as the guy in the like fucking Austin Powers <laughs> It's such like, a pretentious twat. Like, just, uh, I would hate that guy if I actually had to play with him. It's so good. And he has, like, the eye. If you notice, he has, like, eyeliner on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if you get to wear the shirt, I get to wear the hat. And Donald Faison, yeah, like, puts on a cowboy hat. Donald Faison, goddamn, did not go far enough in Hollywood. No. I love Donald Faison, and he kills it here. He's so really good here. And same He's with Clueless. I watched and Clueless, Clueless recently. Say, I love, he yeah. still fucking kills it. He's still Clueless, good. And that's another one for me that's like top tier. Like that's Paul Rudd, man, Bailey, Clueless. you got me. Yeah, you got that's me. That's my number God one. Damn. My number one celebrity getaway, Paul Rudd. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's a good too. one to have, man. That's my number one. I, yeah. You could be like their most ripped, like beefy supermodel, and I would like shove you to the side for Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. I God. Bless oh, that man. God, he's so respectful. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, just I such love a, him. he's just such a good guy. Like, you know, he's he'd be so nice. He's so goddamn solid. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll if you see. hadn't have said it, Ryan would have. <laughs> I'll uh, see myself out. Give me time. Give me time. I'll embarrass myself. Um, side characters. Hold on. I have. I have. Uh, I also while, while you're looking at one, I also really enjoy the uh, the long haired curly stoner character guy. <gasps> yeah. Oh, with um. That's all. He's got like. Ends? Well, he's he kind of cuts in throughout the movie. He's interacting with people, and at one point, she's like asking who 
uh, Preston is, and he's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, Preston. Preston is a good dude. <laughs> like, he wears a shirt sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's guy. him and uh, it's Jason Siegel. Is like yes, it's Jason yeah. Siegel. Yeah. Yes. But strangely, yeah. I like the curly-haired guy better than Jason Siegel. Maybe because... He does, well, he has more... Yeah. Yeah. You know, that word that I just did with my hands. Or, you know. <laughs> this va, thing. Va, boom. Yeah. Va, va, boom. I love, um, actually, one of my favorites, uh, and I don't know if the character has a name, uh, but the girl that's actually throwing the party. Oh, she that does just, not. just, like, throughout oh, the man. film, <laughs> you can see the t- deterioration of her just, like, because I just, I feel like I relate to that character more yeah. than, like, if I could be any person in that movie, I would really probably be her, where I would just be like, I'm having a party, and by the end, I would just be like, get out of my house! <laughs> Her like, name, what have you done? Her I'd be smelling people's shoes. In the yeah. credits, she's listed as girl whose party it is. Is that really? <laughs> yeah, that's what oh she's God, listed credit-wise as. She doesn't have a fucking name. Just girl whose party it is. I love her. Uh-huh. Every time that they is there's, I love so her. So brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. And Just I think we should even also... That detail. The, the guy that's always the kleptomaniac, I think. You can't Sherman. talk about this movie. Sherman! Yeah. 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 I just feel like I need to make sure before this ends that we have mentioned. And he doesn't get him. caught. He yeah. shows up at the end credits too. Wait, doesn't he, don't they say he gets caught in like the little blurb? I, do I, I do not they, remember for sure. They said something I know at the very end he, at the party he takes the cop car and yeah. then at the diner scene where they're showing everybody he get back together. Gumball he takes dispenser. the gumball machine. Yeah, <laughs> that's. The, but I don't remember them saying anything about him though. The no, I think I actually think he just slips out real uh, yeah, quick. I, I, don't I don't think he gets a in, in a credit because he's really not important enough. Okay. Um, if we're going side characters that are also not important, though, Melissa Joan Hart wins yeah. it for me. God damn, I love this yearbook obsessed girl, and you love the hater man shit on too. Yeah. Like, I think Preston has like the ultimate thug life move where he just walks out and throws her yearbook into the fucking pool. <laughs> Real quick and like, like I think this is maybe after like the Amanda shit where he maybe gets his heart broken. He goes out and she's talking about the yearbook. He just flings it into the water and it's this cathartic moment of like, yes, somebody did it. But then also like I'm so really kind of like happy and moved when she meets like the guy who's also about memories guy. at the end. Yeah. And it's like that's kind of cute and perfect too. I, I fucking, love that. It's man, so I forget that guy, but he's great. He's yeah. like, hey man, remember when you got that boner? <laughs> that Wait, but awesome. I just realized like we've talked about this whole movie and we haven't mentioned that's the first time Preston has been mentioned. Yeah. And he is the main character of the movie. Is the main and we character. have not yeah. mentioned him once, so I don't know what that says. Ah, but... I mean, it, he does a good job of being that generic guy you can imprint yourself on and see yourself in. Yeah. He's so cute. Actually, Drew was like, he was like, well, isn't Preston your favorite character? Because you kept talking about how cute he is. I'm like, no, I just think he's cute. He's not my favorite character. <laughs> I just think he's really... Every time I watch the movie, I'm just like, aw, like, look at you. He's rusty, he's too. Cute. Yeah. He's cute he's, in every movie. Yeah. I love Ethan Embry, I think, in everything. To every time he's on screen in any of those movies is just like, I just think he's amazing, so... He's got like he's a, so a carefree, yes. simple charm about him. Yeah. Watch Cheap Thrills with Ethan Embry. I haven't seen that. I was going to say, I know uh, him in uh, Empire Records and That Thing You Do and... Oh, Vegas Vacation. Heartthrob, real cute, like, sweet, innocent boy movies. 
Cheap Thrills was in 2013, and it's Ethan Embry, like, coming back saying, like, I'm not cute anymore. And no. it's disturbing. <laughs> it's great. No. It's great. It's worth watching, but... Okay. No, he is... I, I'm I'm with you, Kyle. I, um... 100%, I think he's your, your imprint. He is... It, especially if you... I don't know. Maybe, Bailey, you can obviously add female perspective into this, but... As a a male growing up in the nineties, like this was my my surrogate character. This like is this, who I was. I taking this big with. shot at like love mm-hmm. on the girl and like putting everything into it. Oh yeah, that that yeah. resonated with this guy. The, of the, I'm obviously putting more thought into it than all the other men who are putting into right. it, and I'm like really sensitive and sweet and earnest and all this. That was that was me in the nineties. I I felt very identified, depressed, and. Bailey, did did you what do you it's it's interesting coming from that side, do you feel that way with the Preston, or do you even have a surrogate in this movie? Well, I think I don't know. That's interesting because it's not the type of guy that in reality I would have been attracted to, but in the movie he was really great. But I think I was even say, as you talked about how cute he was many times. He's, no, he's very cute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you were uh, you know, really look. smitten. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity, Bailey. Okay? <laughs> just, you know, I love him like I love him. Um, I think it was almost even as a female being more of the relating to the like, oh, this kind of love story can exist, and it wasn't like, oh, that's the guy that I would be swooning over. But I think it was just the fact that a guy could be like. So, so enamored with you yeah. that he would be chasing after you. And it wasn't that it was like him and it wasn't like he was an archetypal like male figure, but just that like he loved that. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that was the thing that was really interesting. Uh, that, when in reality, yeah. we all probably wanted like the bad boy, but we did want like that love and that sensitivity. And that's what that portrayed, which is really cool. Um, which is why I love 10 Things I Hate About You, because I think it does both. Um, mm. Shout out but to Heath. Has, he's, he's sensitive and tough, and he's a bad uh, boy. JGL, um, are you kidding? Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, my God. So annoying. JGL um, all the way. He looks like he's 12. Um, uh, that's fine. He does. He looks like he's 12. That's fine. He is sweet, though. Um, you two arguing sweet, over but, heartthrobs. But, <laughs> Such girls. I, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, but, like, archetypal, like, I mean, we haven't. I don't know. She's actually, I, God, I love this actress and I love her, but I really, like, we haven't talked about Lauren Ambrose at all in the movie and we've barely talked oh, about Seth Green. she's so good. And that's such a huge part of the movie and we haven't talked about them either. Uh, that's the thing about this movie is there's so many subplots and there's that's so the many subcharacters thing. and I feel like we've barely grazed the surface. Well, but and, uh, usually, like, in a movie, like, that shit would get annoying and get bogged down and everything, but each one of these is so differently perspective-wise and, like, it's a unique character that you... You don't maybe care about, but you're interested in watching what happens with them. Like, yeah, that I that's what I love about it. And I don't know. I I guess I'd probably be fucking Lauren Ambrose because of course I would, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna be Amanda Beckett or like I don't know. Or I'll probably be like girl that throws the party. As long I as you're not me. like Melissa Joan Hart, I think it's okay. No. I mean, well, you know, even love- she has a place because, like, that shit is kind of important. Like, I, I also understand her attachment to the nostalgia. This is literally what this movie is: is At this attachment point, yeah. to nostalgia. Like that. 
don't but, know. Okay, I can't so shit like, on that character to, either, to be yeah, honest. But not to be like, you know, I've had too many tequilas deep, but <laughs> I think that one of the things that might work with this movie, like a lot of movies, like there's all the different like archetypes and like uh, stereotypes of different types of people. And this is this person and you really, but it's like, you kind of relate to everyone. Like you've sort of had sure. a little bit of their experience. And I know it's really deep and overthinking this fucking movie because this is just this movie, but... I feel like you kind of relate to everybody a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I love about the movie is there's so many different characters and it's very, very fast and it's constantly bopping between all the different scenes, but you can sort of relate in some way to what every single person is going through. Whether you've been a bully and you've been an asshole, you've been the victim of bullying, you've been in love, you've been, you know, jilted by love or, you know, you're the virgin, you're not the virgin, like whatever, like you've all, you've been through that experience. And I think that's, was kind of neat about it. Mm-hmm. And that was really deep. I'm sorry. That was my tea. No, no, that's great. <laughs> deep is perfect. I would I like going, continuing your, your thought process here. I feel it's almost like a character buffet. Like yeah. you get a sampling of so many characters in this movie and if, if something is not to your taste, don't worry. In like a minute or two minutes, it's going to be on to the next character. Or we're going to be on to our another, another whole thought entirely. Don't worry. It is very but like it's, OCD. It's, it is. It's, oh my it God. Works. It's a microcosm of the 90s. Like in a way <laughs> that even Days and Confused wasn't. Because Days and Confused, I think there were maybe like three, four archetypes. Maybe five. I feel like maybe Can't Hardly Wait is just so much for everything and maybe that takes away some of the quality because you can't really get as deep into certain characters but you definitely get like the wealth of every type of kid or every type of personality that kind of was around that time on that note and it's kind of like reiterate that point like if it had just been about preston and amanda and like all of the other characters mm-hmm. were just barely brushed over in the background as like the side character, like actual side character. Like it would have been the most boring movie. And I was doing some R and D, like I said. And one of the criticisms was like, "Oh, all of the characters are very flat." And I was kind of like, "I can see why you would say that, but I kind of disagree because they're so like you don't have time to build this yeah. huge background arc to all of these because there's so many. But it's like." You get just enough. But yeah, if this has just been the love story of just Preston and Amanda, which is the main story, but there's so many others that are kind of just as important. It probably would have been a really boring, lame movie, but they (laughs) have a way of mixing everything else in and how they all intertwine that keeps it really interesting and keeps it really fresh. So I wouldn't say the characters are flat. I'd say they're more broad. And I think that's right. So I thought you can, flat was I didn't I didn't really yeah. agree with that criticism, but that was one of the ones that I read that people were like, oh, all the characters are very flat. And I'm like, well, it's also a teen movie, like it's not fucking exactly, yeah. You know, but I feel like I every character is kind of designed, like you said, to maybe see a bit of yourself in them, and that's why they are so broad because, and they work so well because you if if you don't even see yourself in that role, you probably know somebody similar to that person that you remember from high yeah. school. So, right. If BuzzFeed was around in 1999, Can't Hardly Wait would have been such good fucking fodder because you've been like, what character am I? Oh, I'm a Preston. Oh, I'm an Amanda. (laughs) Like, there are so many character types. This is almost like a Briggs-Meyer personality test. Man, I should have looked up a quiz. That probably would have been really forward thinking. I'm sure there is. 
Mm-hmm. And we'd all get Seth Green. Let's talk about Seth Green. Let's talk about Seth Green. <laughs> Let's we, fucking we've talk about this him. Of, yeah. yeah. What, here's my first question. Why does Seth Green work and Jamie Kennedy doesn't? Earnestness. You think? Because I think Seth Green commits and isn't about, like, the jokes. Like, there are moments of fucking tenderness that cross Seth Green's face. And, like, moments of recognition yeah. that you see, like, he's actually processing things She's saying, and like really maybe growing, trying to learn. Jamie Kennedy is a hack actor. He <laughs> has no depth. I don't believe he was even, I don't know why he was brought up in this episode. He's a piece of shit. I don't well, understand him. There's nothing Ma- to him. Malibu's most wanted. Like, I feel like Mal- his Garbage. portrayal of that is like hackneyed of what Seth Green does here, which is, again, yeah. the dumb white gangster thug kid that you knew. But like, like you said, this one still has heart, like. But because I think with that, and I don't know a lot about Malibu's, but I think the thing about Seth Green's character <laughs> is that, like, there is, he's obviously, he knows that he's faking it, and everybody knows that he's faking it, and that's, like, part of the whole character. Is that, that is a nice touch to it, too, yeah. That it's, like, it's the, like, because, you know, and them getting trapped in the bathroom and her being, like, what are you doing? Like, what is yeah. this accent? Like, what is this outfit that you're wearing? And, like, calling him out and him being, like, okay, yeah, and, like. I don't know. There's a little bit more like self awareness to it, and not just like hi. I'm. It's like it's not just making fun of people that are like that, but making fun of people that are like that and know that they're just like that. It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's such well, bullshit. And he's just this rich kid yeah. that's like wearing the clothes. Yeah, I think it speaks even like uh, let's compound it even more. Uh, if we're gonna get pretentious, I'm gonna get pretentious. This is, I think this speaks kind of to like the high school experience. Like you're still trying to find yourself. You don't know quite mm-hmm. who you are yet. And, and right. that's 100% him at this moment is he's it's not like quite insecurity. sure who he's are. He's putting something on. Absolutely. And yeah. she's calling him on it. And he has to kind of confront this and say like, uh, is this just me? Am I putting this on? I, is she right? I, I don't know. And it, it brings up a lot of, I don't know. Interesting questions because as high school students, I think we all probably had a sense of who we were and we probably felt we were very confident that's who we were always going to be. And I'll tell you, I am not anything like my high school self now at all. We we grow and we, we evolve and we're not that. So I think there's something even fucking deeper, too. I, I, I fucking love Seth Green's character here. It's such a weird, very 90s touch, but handled in such a kind of honest and like very I don't uh, the word escapes me but a probing way like they really they put a lot of thought into this character it's and, earnest and they didn't have to yeah. compare with com- uh, compared to Jamie Kennedy which is I think the the driving force of Malibu's most wanted is isn't it funny that I'm a white person that thinks they're black? Right, and, that's and I it. think it's it's like a lot of things that we talk about now with like B movies. Like the thing that makes The Room enjoyable to watch is not that it's a bad movie; it's that somebody tried and they mm-hmm. made a bad movie. They didn't purposefully set out to make a bad movie, like a Sharknado, which mm-hmm. is kind of where I feel like Malibu's Most Wanted lands on that little scale because it it is a very forced like. Oh, we're in on the joke, like, oh, Jamie Kennedy, look, he's not... Oh, could you imagine a guy that was really like this? Oh, man, wouldn't that be just a hoot? Well, here, watch 90 minutes of it. 
Like, no, I don't fucking care. Hard I don't I doubt, agree. I don't know if I could watch 90 minutes of Seth Green's character, you know? Like, either way, I think I the reason... there was an arc to it, and there's an sure. arc here. And I don't think there's an arc in Malibu's Most Wanted, except for, like, the typical, like... I, I And here's the thing. I saw Mal- Malibu's Most Wanted when it came out. I've not seen it since, so I don't even fucking remember it. I remember hating it. But I'll tell you, like, the plot is probably this. He has money problems. He needs to have money to save something in either his family or whatever, whatever. And he does a mad dance-a-thon and gets it and whatever character arc, blah, blah, blah. That is not fucking growth. That is you just solving a fucking problem. It's not yeah. dealing with a character. Because he's still... I feel like Seth Green is, like, directly confronted about who he is, his choices he's making. And you see him, like actually think and grow upon those and in a fucking rom-com where you're given maybe 20 minutes at most of screen time i think that's super impressive i think that's very impressive well i think uh, i don't know about you guys i can't speak for you but i know me personally i had a couple of those like knock on the head like grow up lessons as a teenager like where i thought i was steadfast in this way and it took like somebody like hey idiot you look like a freaking dummy right now with what you're doing, and everybody's laughing at you, so stop it. You know, like, one of those tough love Aww. situations that he kind of goes through, and it it does make you, like, you don't see it, and may, again, maybe did it's different. Did you have different. the um, two tiny braids? I did not the have <laughs> the two tiny braids. That's I did my have favorite thing about hair. his outfit, yeah. other than his jeans, are the two little tiny braids. What I love about this entire scene is that it takes place in the most 90s bathroom I've the ever seen IV on film. So oh my god! When we were chatting, that you talked about the sinks and the towels and like, like the IV. It's it's draped everywhere. There's like fake plastic ivy in the sink. It's like the painted on ivy. ivy. It's yeah. oh, it's so tackily nineties. Like that vanity mirror with like the wood veneer, then the rounded. Like I've seen that in so many houses. Yeah. From like that, that era. was a, that was like my best friend's parents' bathroom. It's like, like the three piece. Yeah. Oh man, it was such yeah. like. That captured it. That was like really somebody's bathroom that it was not yeah. set design. They found a no. bathroom where like, no, this is the one. Yeah. That was yeah, that whole scene's great. Did you um did you have a book bag filled with love things like he had? <laughs> no. Uh I mean I did have the secret so stash in my bedroom, but it was like uh yeah, I, I just had the secret stash in my room. I didn't take him anywhere because I didn't see that much action in high school. Not yeah. serious action, at least. I mean, there yeah. was... Mild. <laughs> heavy petting. As a, that's what they called it in my health class. I love he has, like, Heavy yeah, petting. Like, si- heavy petting, yeah. Uh, they're different bases, which I've never understood, I think. I, all I know is that home run, I think first base is boob. Maybe, no, I think first no, base is kiss. First base has to be kissed. Second base is... Boob. Well, I think it's... Maybe it's different for girls and guys then. Yeah, I guess. Boob, right. We have boob, but we don't have a boob. To- I would think, like, home run is obviously, like, going all the way. No. First base is kissing. Second base is, like, handsies. Third base is mouthsies. Sure. Home is all the uh, way home. Home is home. Home. As go far home, as I know, like anything. first base is it's time to go home. Because <laughs> we're, we're good children here, and we do no, not. I love his um his. He has scented candles. 
<laughs> oh, he does, and they fall that was out. One of, that's the funniest thing to me in his thing is that he has scented candles. And he's a real forward-thinking lover, you know. He's he's trying to look uh, out yeah. for everybody. I do, I do love that. I'm glad we finally had a chance to talk about them because I love her. I don't really love her in this movie, but I, I do think love her as an actress. She like, plays the in, role that she has she does here play very, the role well. very well. Yeah, she's in my favorite show of all time. I, there's actually I, the other thing is there's so many people in this movie that are in the show Six Feet Under. Uh, there's like three or four actors and actresses in this movie that end up in Six Feet Under. She's obviously like the main character, one of the main characters. But uh, in this movie, she is kind of, I don't know. I guess I should sympathize with her a little bit more. She's a little <laughs> bit obnoxious. We're, a little self-reflection about, uh, there, Bailey. <laughs> I, all right, so you I mean, find I was her, her obnoxious? I had, the bad, I had the bad short haircut and I was... I wasn't really that much of a bitch. I was going to say, I feel like I kind of identified with her quite a bit myself. I mean, obviously I was not the girl, but like everything about her attitude, kind of her very, very cold and to the point, like remarks about Seth Green's character. I I feel like I was maybe that way in in high school, to which I like kind of corrected and I was like, Tone that shit down. You're way too, like, blunt and, like, on the nose. Like, <laughs> that's not... Nobody likes that. You're just calling them on their shit all the time. But, like, I, I feel like I related to her a lot in this movie. I think I related to her in the, like, kind of being over it and just being, like, I don't... This isn't... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I had friends that wasn't, like, I was, like, a total outsider or anything. But just, I think, the general sense of being, like, this isn't really working for me here in this place. Like, I think that was the thing that I think me and some of my friends could kind of relate to a little mm-hmm. bit. I was but, with her in that, like, I also didn't care, like, much about high school. I remember everybody getting hyped up about mm-hmm. graduation. And I was just, like. I was just, like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Come on. Get, I don't care. Let's do yep. You know, that. I, yeah. And so she's definitely giving off that attitude as well, like. There's way better shit out there, man. This doesn't mean anything. Who cares? Right. Whereas Preston, her complete opposite. Yeah. He's like building this entire night up to be this huge elaborate thing in his life, like this turning point. And she's just like, dude, it's like a Friday. Who cares? Like, it's this, she's a great counter to Preston and his uh, heartfelt wanderlust of. They are good. I think they're good. This is my warring mind. In my mind, I have equal amounts of her and Preston both. And it's (laughs) fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very hard time, but like, I am equal amounts pragmatic about shit and be like, it's high school, we're to the end. Like, this is, do you not see this is all just pomp and circumstance? And then I'm also Preston, where it's like, I get super like romanticized about an idea. And like so fucking attached to it, it's. I no, I, I. That's why I agree. like this movie, man, because yeah. it really gives you all of these perspectives. I agree. I would hate to. Uh, I have one more question, but before I get to our our closing remarks here, I would hate if we went this entire episode and did not mention the fantasticness of Miss Jenna Elfman as oh the Angel God. Hooker. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, she shows up, she gives some fucking deuce ex machina sort of advice, <laughs> and uh, Wait, part of it- did you just pronounce it deuce? Yeah, because it's, it's all shit. It's deus okay. ex machina, but I, I've okay. always said deuce ex machina. deuce? Okay, yeah. all right, cool. No, I, Again, I mean, I feel deuce like we should, machina. we should call attention to that, but, okay. That's how we say it in Georgia. Deuce. 
<laughs> it's Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Deus, the Deus Ex Machina, which is not even the correct term. It's just what my drunk brain latched onto to sound as close to what I meant. But she gives him this advice on his relationship, thinking that he's in a gay relationship with Barry Manilow. Yeah, oh, her whole Scott Bayo thing. Yeah. And then thinking, yeah, that was good. Yeah, there's He's a great. lot of gay panic in this movie, man. That was that's, one of my that was my main note uh, for things that don't that, work is that it doesn't age. But like, and you can say that about eighty nineties movie mm-hmm. though. That is like a blanket statement. If we well, talk like, about any movie the nice, like there's a lot of things that don't work anymore. You can't say that. We now, reviewed um, sixteen candles, and it it does not hold up in similar regards. And also. It this also adds racism like into it as well. Twelve years so. later, sure. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, yeah. you can see yeah. some progress on a lot of things, but we're still not caught up on everything yet. It's not just quite. again, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule. Yeah, it's it's not great, but I mean, it's accurate because I knew a lot of dudes that said That's, all that shit. You know, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd be lying place. if you weren't like uh, in high school or middle school and being like, "Man, somebody call me gay." That's the fucking worst. And like, you really yeah. like punt it. You like you get down on it, but like, it's really like now you come out through and it's like, so fucking what? Like, whatever. I don't know. You think I'm gay? Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. yeah it that's was that's such a big yeah. thing in the '90s. Like, yeah, I. That's why I really love the. <laughs> The bully scene at the end where he like really gets down because they all called him the F word and he's just like, <laughs> like that's what it took to make him think. And like it gives him a moment of reflection. Like I, I kind of secretly love it, even though it is like but so it problematic. That that's what but, like, that's, to, like, that's yeah. the, it's problematic. That was the time. And like, yeah. I don't know. I uh, it's 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 I don't know. Whenever you get into these 80s, 90s comedies, yeah. it's going to be problematic it's be a shit. Thing. I honestly, I'm not as offended here as I am in a lot of other movies with this stuff. Strangely not. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree. It was weird, like, even I think when they hit... Candles does it much worse. Yeah. 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 Well, they do have the whole... Ra- they have a lot of racism as well. Yeah. On top of it, like, yeah. The home of- yeah, that's the thing. But a lot of the 90s movies, and even as much as I, like, put 10 Things I Hate About You on a pedestal, they have a lot of... They have like homophobia statements and they have mm. a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. talk in it as well, uh, which sucks because when I watch it, I'm like, this is the best movie ever. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, it's actually still, yeah. they mm-hmm. all do it. Every single, even the best ones, they all do it. Uh, and yeah, it's, that's just the way it was. So, yeah. Yeah. It this sucks, is what but... I built up to Laura. I was like, I think this one is going to withstand the test of time. And I don't think there's, from what I remember, <laughs> anything problematic. <laughs> Oh man! You and then, those like words. the third act was like Ryan, you are wrong. And I was like, oh okay. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot about that because that's where this time was. But yeah, I, it's part of it. But I still, even taking away from that, I think there is. I don't know. I don't really know how to put this in like a a uh, a good light. But like, I I think there's still value here even taking away that stuff sure like i i I, and and even like some of that stuff influences the characters again i go back to peter fasanelli as bully like i i really think you take away that problematic stuff and i 
don't think you have maybe as clear of a resolution for that character. And I, I love that resolution for that character. So yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it's something you have to chalk up like that's the times and that's, that's what it is. That's really all I got to say about this movie, guys. I think we covered it pretty freaking well. Well, is um, there is there anything? That's, I was going to ask you guys if you had like? any closing remarks. Um, yeah, I have a closing remark. Or a thing that you don't like. Oh yeah, Very okay. Briefly. Oh uh, shit, we do have to talk about this. We have to talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt's hair. Please go. Yes. That's, I mean, it's horrible. Her hair in this fucking movie. I get it. She's hot. Her tits are great. She's got amazing breasts. <laughs> She's very cute. Her uh, face is so small. And her hair is so big, and it's just like it's like up, like it's just like it's I can't. Her hair is bad, and then at the end, even when it's not so up, they show her from behind, and there's like two layers that are like three inches apart. She's got like the giant bun on the top. Yeah, it's just everything about her hair is just all. I just have to. I'm sorry. I'm not very prissy. I don't do my hair. I don't wear a lot of makeup. Her hair is fucking. It's it so looks bad. like a holdover from the 80s because it's big and it's teased it's so up and it's everywhere. And it's like, why? That was not the way people... Like I said, it looked like a really cheap ripoff of the Rachel. It was more... But Rachel was at least like it fell naturally. Hers yeah, was that's like why I'm saying like, it it's like, a cheap knockoff. Like normally when you yeah. tease hair, like you tease it in the back to like give volume in the crown. Hers was teased like in the front and the <laughs> forehead and there was like forehead small face ratio issues i don't her hair was anyway luckily she did not have a big forehead or that could have been even worse yeah i don't know maybe it would have helped she's her face was very small i'll be honest i never saw any of this before the netflix screening with you guys so thank you thank you so much i Uh, feel like other people were (laughs) commenting on the hair i feel like i was everybody was i i honestly which gave me a little bit of validation and i'll be honest like this era Jennifer Love Hewitt and the hair, small face, everything totally did it for me back then. Like it was completely <laughs> fine. And like, it was like a world opening up to me. It's like, she's got a small face. Look at that hair versus that face. And like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh shit. You're right. I'm- and it just like blew my mind, <laughs> my little tiny dumb mind. See, so you take it in stride though. Cause like, you know, you got to, even Megan Fox has that weird thumb. Like, so that's all right. But you've never but seen in that? fairness, if you are like quibbling over Megan Fox's sure, thumb, exactly, you're an idiot. <laughs> I just blew <laughs> Bailey's mind though. She never knew Megan Fox had a weird thumb. Yeah, she's and got like she's... a big toe thumb. Like, yeah, her it's thumb really looks like a big toe. It's hard to find because she hides it. Like, she's gotten very it's... good at hiding it. I discreetly. remember specifically, I it was like around Jennifer's of... body. There were a lot of yeah. uh, scenes because she had a lot of water it's just, scenes. I don't know. It's a thumb. I don't know. There's That's somewhere how I feel. It's kind really... of. I, I don't think it's bad either. Oh, it's like yeah. short and stubby. It's like a yeah. little chode thumb. This is <laughs> a little chode thumb. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. This is like a form of negging because, like, Megan Fox is so insanely like pretty we have to find something so sure, god damn yeah. it her thumbs like, are pictures of her, like biting it like she's yeah. like <laughs> well all right here's something too uh foot fetishists get off on like weird interesting feet i bet if there are like are there hand fetishists oh i could make because so megan much money. fox is probably uh on it 
Wait, on your oh, feet? Oh, I'm about to get that cheddar. Yeah, I have a crooked toe. Oh, shit. Bailey, for real, Kyle and I have statistics that prove if you have weird feet, you're going to be golden for views and I have clicks. a crooked toe. It's like it's shaped like a Z. Wow. All right, it's, Kyle, like, it's like I have like a Harry Potter toe. See, now We're here's the thing, though. Stuff for you. I'll show That's, you. I will show you my toe. I'm sure, but here's the thing. <laughs> that, that could also get you in trouble, because if you try to do it anonymously, that could link back to like your foot. It's so defining. Like, oh, I know that huh? foot. Nobody knows my foot. That's I don't Bailey think anybody knows my foot. Gonna... I've lived with them for six years. Yeah. <laughs> you can pick my foot out of a lineup. You can I've pick seen... my foot out right. of a lineup. So, I Kyle, like where we've gone you and this. I yeah. have a friend who has an interesting foot who made a video that yes. showcase foot, made lots of views, and this is why we're talking about this. All right, I so cannot our friend, pick let's, that foot let's clarify. in a lineup to hers, yeah. though. Is what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think Let's clarify. I don't think you could be identified by foot. Our friend made a video showing you how to drive a vintage car, like manually, and she did it in sandals. And there are an insane amount of views on this video. And oh, Ryan, I think it's because compared to like, her other videos, for sure. Like it's yeah, like the view counts like tens are astronomically or of thousands of views versus like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's all because, like, some foot fetish people were like, oh, look at this. Yeah. And then it, like, exploded. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's like a yeah, Tarantino does it, so. Yeah. You know. Oh, God, yeah, he does. There's uh, so once upon many a ho- dirty fucking feet in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. God That damn. movie was an hour of just I zooming in on hot, dirty feet. I hated that movie because it was. It was Hot Feet the movie. It was just hot, <laughs> dirty feet. God, I, I, movie. I, did I didn't either. For I didn't either. I also thought it was very mean spirited at the end, and I I don't know. I've got some issues. I think <laughs> it's maybe disrespectful part. to Sharon Tate. I uh, I don't know, and especially yeah, no, right? Fuck it. You brought it up. It is oh God. super goddamn respectful to Bruce Lee. So fucking respectful. Disrespectful. It is so disrespectful. It is so mean spirited. I was like, wait, wait. I fucking hate what they did with Bruce Lee in that movie. Hate it. Hate it. I understand, like, let's build up Brad Pitt as a character and his badassness, but Bruce Lee was never about, like, an egotistical, like, I am the best of the best. I'm going to prove it to you. Like, he was. I think it, like, it really fucks with his legacy because he was really about, like, teaching this art to everybody and, like, we're zen and we're calm and we're cool. And to like make him like they made an him, like, egotistical asshole yeah. kind of is shitty. I, that really fucking bothered me. I get, me, man. I get that point. I don't know about so much like the ending. I thought uh, I mean the it ending was a like, a, like insane, but it was also like yeah, but you got to think about what these people actually did, and so yeah. it's just him. I think it took a twist on that. So I agree. If you think about what those people actually did in real life, it's horrible. But so it's just like him being like, oh, yeah, well, now you get yours. He did the it same thing to Hitler. such a glee with yeah, Brad Pitt, like, smashing that can into that girl's face, though, over and over and over again. And I don't know that it completely wrote, rewrote history and that Sharon Tate lived made it. I don't know. It just felt very odd to me. I think yeah, it's but, because uh, we're so closely connected to it still, unlike Hitler. Like, yeah, we are. And that's why I'm like, maybe it's too early. This is maybe a movie that will be appreciated much later on where we don't have that connection to this shit. But like, it's still, I don't know. It's weird. um, It's like if we had like a 9-11 movie where like, 
Oh, God. I don't know, like some superhero Nicolas Cage character type because <laughs> people We're find him sexy Nicolas or Cage. something. I don't know. But if it showed like Brad Pitt like shirtless, just like lighting a cigarette. <laughs> then I'm on board. Right? I would probably fucking watch it a couple times. <laughs> okay. Because that's I guess honestly not, the only thing enough. I remember about that movie. <laughs> Hey, speaking of uh, Once Upon I'll, a Time I'll give in Hollywood. You a Brad Pitt, best part of that movie. And his shirtless uh, for, oh god, charisma. Just dripping off that man. Something dripping. was. <laughs> something something was, was dripping. <laughs> was me, um, my eyes. Yeah, speaking of that movie, ah. we're not talking about it, so. <laughs> so I feel like we were talking about it. We were! I was just trying, we to, were, yeah. I was just trying to show people my weird toe. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We'll do it at the end. Yeah, give uh, <laughs> give ten bucks on Patreon. You can see Bailey's weird toe. She gets that all the feels, profits. That feels <laughs> that's wrong. exploitive. That's exploitive. That feels AF. real wrong. <laughs> do I get a cut of it? I don't oh, know. I'm an employee yeah. now. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, eighty twenty. You get eighty. Out, guys, you get twenty. Uh, you guys have fun with your toe hey. exploits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's toe toe exploitation. <laughs> Anyways, all right. We're gonna go out on this one now. We got We got to stop <laughs> this thing. You guys, this was a really fun episode, though. Bailey, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really appreciated you coming on. This thing that we kind of do is, uh, we kind of we have our specialist, and I'm doing air quotes here. I would like to okay. offer you the position of teen comedy specialist. Whereas anytime we talk about one, we have you on as our guest. Would you be interested in that role? You'd be our Absolutely. Our teen comedy specialist. Sorry, I'm chewing my husband away. Get out of here. I'm getting promoted. Get out. I'm trying to get attention. <laughs> you can't let me have anything. Uh, I love that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, so, actually, yeah. 100% I am on board. Yes. Excellent. I figured you would be. You, you, are, you Yay, grew up with I'm them like flattered. us. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, Bailey, thank you. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back then. Uh, Please do. Uh, everybody seems to like these teen comedies. I, I figure they'll probably get voted on quite frequently. So, I already have a list. Uh, that said, if you are interested, we we do have a movie night every Saturday. Come hang out with us. It's a chat room environment. Everybody's watching the same movie at the same time. We're all riffing. It's a good time. Um, I put those out every Saturday. Did I say that? Yeah, I did. Yes. Couple beers deep here, everybody. Um, we did it. We did do it. It was good. We did. We talked about Can't Hardly Wait for almost as long as Can't Hardly Wait is. <laughs> oh, no. Is that true? Not really. I think we still got like 20 minutes to go. It's not much more. No, it's not much more. Movie. But uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say, man. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. I'm Bailey. And uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs>